Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We bless your name, God. We bless your name, God. We bless your name, God. Come on, did you come to have church? Why don't you give him some praise? Why don't you give him some glory? Come on, he's been good to me. If it had not been for the blood, I wouldn't be here. If it had not been for Calvary, I wouldn't be here. I'm thankful he died for me. I'm thankful he forgave me. I'm thankful he shed his blood for me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I give honor today. You can worship your way back to your seats. I give honor today to Pastor Buford, his wife, their children, their first family. I am thankful for their leadership. I'm thankful for their vision that they have for O'Fallon. Is anybody thankful for you, Pastor, today? Brother Buford, Elder Buford, I honor you today. Sister Buford, appreciate y'all. Brother Randall Lee, his wife, Sister Danielle, I love their friendship. I love them. I love the support, the foundation that they allow God to use them in in Troy as well as in O'Fallon. I believe revival is coming to Troy, Brother Lee. I believe that because it can't help but overflow to there what's in here. I asked Pastor Buford a few minutes ago, I said, what are y'all doing in here, feeding Red Bull before church? And uh, there's so much energy in here, I don't even want to preach, I just want to shout. And, uh, but I, I give honor to this local church. I am thankful for the last service we had here when I was with you. And um, you, you treated me like family, and you were so good to me. And um, I just want it to be even better today. And I'm thankful to be a small part of what God is doing at Lighthouse in O'Fallon. Pastor Buford was talking about in April there was going to be several guest speakers. I was like, I'm not a guest. I'm at home. And so I, I, uh, I don't know who the other guys are, but I'm just at home. So y'all just treat me like a homeboy today, and we'll get along great. And um, to every guest that's here, I honor you. I appreciate you being in the house of God with us on Easter Sunday in O'Fallon. Can we give our guests a hand today? wife and kids. I honor them. I appreciate them being here. My wife wrote my notes, so we should be out of here within 30 minutes or less. So if I don't get carried away. Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27 and verse number 13. God began to deal with me with these scriptures some time ago when we knew we was going to be here. And I felt appointed and led by the Holy Ghost to preach through this verse of text, to build a foundation for what God wants to do. To every young person that's in here that's worshiping God and praising God, I commend you for what you're doing, for leading us into worship. It, I'm thankful for young people that have a desire to do something for God. And uh, I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful they could be doing anything else, but they're up here worshiping and praising God. I'm thankful that the future of the church is in good hands. We're not going down. We're going up. We're not stopping. We're just getting started. And I honor, I honor you today. Acts 27, verse number 13, it says, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, 
loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempest wind called Arachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps, ungirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strike sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest the next day, they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of a ship. It's amazing when you get into a storm what you'll let go of. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. I'm going to stop right here and tell you, if there ever was a sarcastic moment in the Bible, this was it right here. Because he said, sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete. See, Paul tried to tell him, we don't need to do this. And to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For the sake of time, I want to skip to verse 41, where the Bible would say, In falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. I want to preach to you for just a little while. If you'll bear with me and the Holy Ghost will help us. Somebody needs a board. Somebody needs a board. Why don't you lay your Bibles down and lift up your hands all over this place and ask the Holy Ghost to help us in this house. God, consume us, Lord. Lord, bring every thought into captivity, every mind, every heart, every life. God, change and transform the things, God, that we struggle with. God, help us, Lord. Lord, to pray, help us, God, to seek your face. Help us, God, to receive in this place from you. Lord, we drive out every principality, God. We come against every power of the enemy that would try to stop or deter a move of the Holy Ghost and revival on this Easter Sunday. But, God, I ask you, Lord, that there would be testimonies that would walk out of this place, God, knowing and saying that surely the presence of the Lord was in this place. We believe and we expectate, God, and we believe with expectation that you're able to move and deliver and set free and heal and change lives and change hearts. Come on, if you believe that, why don't you clap your hands with me right now all over this place in expectation of what God's going to do in your family, in your life, in your situation. You may be seated. Truly today, our world is in one of the most chaotic times that we have ever lived in. There is trouble at every hand and on every side. 
it seems that daily another news article shows up to again make the human mind brace for the financial impact that would come mentally or emotionally. While we do not live in this world, we must all be honest to understand that we are affected by this world. COVID-19 even made us aware that all of our lives and our families and our churches can be touched by these things. We understand that the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual weakness in high places. We know and understand that our real adversary is the spirit of the Antichrist that is rising in this hour for the enemy comes not but to steal to kill and to destroy it is in our world today that 703,000 people have committed suicide last year from the personal abuse of drugs addictions and depressions as of today there are 2.3 million people in prison for murder rape personal wrong decision making as of this month in the United States there is an active number of 630,505 divorce cases of lives of children and families that have been torn apart. As of January 2023, there was 1.2 million babies that have been aborted in the United States of America. As of 2023, there has been 189 acts of gun violence according to the FBI at schools in the United States since December of 2012 and 279 casualties. As of last year in the United States, 331 police officers was killed just in the year of 2022. Ministry has been countered with an all-out attack from hell. Every office and ministry and church have been attacked from every angle because Satan is trying his best to deter using distractions and to cause fatigue and disunity among the people of faith. And throughout all of this, we fail sometimes to remember who we are. But let me remind you today, hell has never forgot who you are and what you are capable of. We must be aware and reminded the only thing that's keeping hell from having its way in this world and total chaos is the church of the living God. Can I preach to you today? the foundation of my message. It does not matter the attack, the virus, the president, the nuclear warhead, or what army may rises up. What's the most powerful force in this world is a young person or a saint of God that makes up in their mind, I will not bow, I will not fall, but I will be faithful. I will have revival. I will overcome. I will see God do something in my city. The Bible would tell you in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That word salvation means this, the act of persevering or the state of being preserved from harm. Can I preach to you today? There's no better day than to live for God than right now. There's no better day 
time to raise your kids in the church than right now. There's no better time to preach, young person, than right now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day you rise up. You're already equipped. You just got to stand up and go. You just got to stand up and say, speak to that mountain and be thou removed. It was some time ago back in September that I had the privilege to preach part of an 80-year anniversary service at a church in Indiana. I was in revival at that time in Burlington, North Carolina, and I had to fly from Durham, North Carolina to Indianapolis, Indiana. I, I drove. I was in Burlington, which is about 40, around 40 minutes or so from Durham, North Carolina, and I, I had to drive there, and I tried my best to get an Uber to get me from Burlington to Durham with no avail. And so in this, I drove my vehicle to Durham, and I left it at a bishop's house of a church there. And, and I told him, I said, Elder, I'll, I'll pick this up in a few days. And, and I visited with him on his front porch, and, and, and I called an Uber. And for us country folks, that's a real good name for taxi, okay? And, and so I called an Uber. And my Uber showed up, and I went out with my bag, and I got in the back seat of that vehicle, and I put my suitcase in the back. Pastor Buford, I immediately realized that I was going to be canceled as soon as I got to Indianapolis with the other pastor, because I had never smelled a preacher preach like marijuana, like I was fixing to smell like marijuana. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've told you I'm at home, so what comes out is just, it's just home language, okay? And so I, I got in the back seat, I started driving, or he, she started driving, and she had her window down about that much in the front on her side. I was sitting on the back right passenger side. You don't need no notes today, buddy. I'm telling you, I'm that simple. And so, <laughs> I, so anyway, I... She had my window rolled down about that much on the back right side. She was smoking a joint. And all of a sudden, Brother Randall, I started feeling the spirit. I mean, it was. <laughs> and I thought, I said, oh, boy, oh, man, this, <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> I was wearing a sports coat. You know how we do. We pack to where we ain't got to pack a lot of luggage. Evangelists pack tight. We don't want to pay for no luggage. So we're, we're trying to, I mean, we can't afford to waste money. We waste time. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to pack, and I'm wearing a sports coat I'm going to preach in, you know. And, and I'm wearing that, and, the, and it's just a fog, Sister Buford. I'm talking about it's just. So I, I, I spoke up. I said, ma'am, <laughs> I said, uh, how are you doing today? And I figured, you know, she would be happy. Considering the situation. <laughs> you may want to preach where this is over. And, and so she, she spoke up. <laughs> Ten and two. Fine. I was like, Ugh, this is going to be tougher than I thought. And I'm feeling pretty good. And so I, I spoke up again and I said, where are you from? Ten and two on the steering wheel. Burlington. And all of a sudden, something, because here I am, 
preaching in Burlington. We've been in revival there for 10 weeks at this point. And she's from Burlington. I drove 40 minutes from Burlington to Durham to get an Uber. She's working Uber in Durham. Anybody see a God moment involved in this? I, I, and, and I, all of a sudden, you know, because at this point, maybe, I'm just going to be honest with you all today, maybe your halo never messes up, but sometimes mine falls off. And so I done got frustrated. I'm paying this woman to take me to the airport, and I'm, and I'm getting frustrated. You know, come on, maybe you. And so I, and all of a sudden when she said she's from Burlington, I had to do what we all do. God, forgive me, Jesus. I'm so sorry. I'm here for a reason. And, and, and I said, ma'am, I said, you need to come to church. I said, I'm preaching in Burlington. She goes, that's good. And I don't know how you brag on God, but I, I, when, the way I tell people about church is I start telling them what God can do for them and what he's already done. Because let me be honest with you, if you're not happy about this place, there's no way you can win anybody else to be happy about this place. When you walk through Walmart, if there's not a smile on your face, they don't want to be what you are. you you got to walk in there with the joy of the Lord, saying, he is my strength, he is my hope, he is my redeemer. i got victory. And, and she... I began to tell her things that God was doing. We had probably had 15, 16 notable miracles in that service, in that revival series. And, 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 and all of a sudden, she flicked it out the window, what she, what she was smoking, and, and she sat there a minute and drove, and, and I was sitting in the back seat of that Tahoe, but all of a sudden, Pastor Beaver, I started seeing tears begin to roll down her face. And this is what she told me. I'm going to tell you that you better be sensitive who God puts in front of you. This is what she told me. She said, I'm sorry I've been so rude, but we just passed the place of the interstate where my husband was killed in a car wreck last week. You see, you, you, you really don't know who God puts in front of you at Walmart. You, you really don't know who, who's standing across from you at the pump. Maybe God's putting you in their life to see what you're going to do. We're not his gift to the world. We're his hands to the world. Unless we operate and move, that's the, it, before you sing, before you play, before you preach, it said go be a witness. It said go be a witness. It's not an option. It's a mandate. So we got to the airport, and I began to talk to her. I said, ma'am, look. I said, please, I, I, I don't know if you believe in God moments. I said, but it's a reason that you're here and I'm here. And, 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 and all of this is happening in this place. I said, you've got to be there. And I gave her directions to the church, and I told her everything about the place and, and how good it was and bring her kids and, and all of this stuff, bragging, rebuke, and telling her everything. And it was later that week, and I flew back in on a Saturday, and I was standing in the pulpit reading my text, and all of a sudden I watched my Uber driver as she come through the back doors of that church, altar service come around. She made her way to the front of that church. She lifted up her hands. God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We baptized her in Jesus' name. I'm telling you today, the time is now. The time is now. Calvary's flowing. The blood's flowing. It's time you do something for God.
It was in that revival that we, we began to see notable miracles and things happen. It was a Sunday night service there, and it was an elderly man, that, a man, gentleman, that come up to the side of the church there. He had, a, he had a cast on up to his knee. He had ankle surgery coming up within a few weeks. Nobody laid hands on him. Nobody prayed for him. He just come up to the front like these young people was doing and begin to try to jump with one leg and begin to worship with one leg. And, and as she, he looked a little silly. There was a few people looking at him a little strange but all of a sudden he began to cry in tears and he picked up that cast and he began to shake it like that then he reached down and unstrapped the cast threw it down took off running around the church the doctor confirmed the next day it was healed there was no bone out of place there was no joint out of place what are you saying today? is God's ready to move if you'll let him he's ready to work if you'll let him he's able to heal if you'll let him there's no better time than right now there's no better service than right now. It was in that service that he began to do that immediately when I took the pulpit. I've only been evangelizing a little over three years now, and, and I've learned in a short amount of time I don't have to preach every service. When God's moving, we move. I, it ain't about my message. It's about him moving. The whole reason we're here is for him to save somebody. It ain't about my outfit. It ain't about my tie. It ain't about your outfit or your tie. It's about him showing somebody Calvary. He didn't go to Calvary so I could look good. He went to Calvary so we could reflect to him. It's not about me. It's not about my ministry. It's about him. I got in the pulpit. I said, look, everybody, if you have a need in your body, come to the platform. There was probably 40 or 50 people that come to that platform. I, I really don't know what all God done in that service. We was praying over brain tumors, and we was praying over heart disease, and we was praying over kidneys, and, and we was just going down the list because at the end of the day, I don't have to know your need. I just have to get you in touch with God. I can't heal anybody, but I can pray. And, and in that service there, there, were, there was many things that took place. We had service on Monday night. We walked into that place on Monday night. I was in the prayer room, and this elderly man come up to me. He was somewhere around 70 years old, give or take. He was a young man. Some of y'all catch that later. And, and so, anyway, he come up to me in the prayer room. and He said, you don't remember me, do you? And Brother Lee, I, I hate it when old people talk in circles. Because I looked at him, I said, no, I don't know who you are. He said, that's because you ain't never seen me before. <laughs> Good thing I didn't feel and be like, yes, sir, I remember you, you know. He said, the reason you don't know me and I haven't been here, he said, because I was blind. I'm looking at him, Pastor Buford, I'm going, you don't look blind right now. You're looking dead at me. So I ever get blind, I want to be like you are. And he goes, well, he said, last night, he said, while service was going on, he said, I was sitting in my recliner. <laughs> and he said, I was listening to live feed. I don't know how long this man's been blind. I don't know. Several years, I know for sure. He couldn't drive. He couldn't walk across the room without somebody leaving. He was blind. And he said, I was listening to live feed. 
And he said, all of a sudden, I got to thinking, he said, church is running on a little long. And I don't know if he looked at the clock or what all he had, but he, he referred to his wife. He said, church is getting late. And she run back in there, and she said, how in the world do you know church is getting late? And he said, all of a sudden, it hit him. He said, I could see her standing across the room. He went to the doctor Tuesday morning, some Monday morning. They gave him 20-20 vision. They gave him his driver license back. He drove to church on Monday night. What do you say today? Is this thing works? Now, 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 now. It's time you pray the prayer. It's time you pray the prayer. It's time you speak to that mountain. God's able to move it today. He's just looking for a vessel that will be available. In the last day, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So in this, we can, we can preach Isaiah 53 and 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. What do you say today? Is because of a whipping post, you can be healed. But because of Calvary, you can be saved. I don't want to stop at my healing. I want to go all the way to my miracle. I want to go all the way to heaven. I'm thankful for the signs and wonders, but the greatest miracle that can happen in this place is you're baptized in Jesus' name. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. The greatest miracle is Holy Ghost. Our text, you may be seated. Sister Danielle said I got paid less after an hour, so I got to hurry. Acts 27 and verse 41 of our text. I want to bring your attention back to that for a minute. It said, and falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the fore part struck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves, and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out. And escape, but the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they all escaped to land. Can I preach to you right now? 276 men was on a boat. They were skilled and well trade. They knew what they was doing. This was not their first voyage, but in the middle of all of this, in the middle of a nightmare, you got to realize that these men begin to counter and react in personal, I guess you would say a personal emergency awareness if you want to use that phrase and people would begin to try to their best to save their self it was chaotic it would what some would consider to be a nightmare and granted whether or not you read the scripture and you may like it you may not but understand there was some the bible would tell you that swam all the way to shore there was some brother lee that could get out of that boat and see land right under and say i can make it there but 
whether we want to admit it or not, there was a few that was in that boat that couldn't make it all the way. There was a few in that boat that had a little trouble. There was a few in that boat that was a little tired. There was a few in that boat that was a little impaired, if you will. And all of a sudden, somewhere in the middle of that, Paul would record that somebody would say, here, here's a board. Here, here's something you can hold on to and you can make it to land. What do you say today is whether we admit it or not, there is some strong people under the sound of my voice. There are some people in here, we don't question you. We know you can run fast. We know you've got great faith. We understand your world may be perfect and you're dismissed today because I can't help you. But what I do feel in the Holy Ghost is there's some people under the sound of my voice. Life is drowning you. Your marriage is drowning you. Depression is drowning you anxiety is drowning you let me preach to you today there's a board for you there's a board for you there's hope for you you can make it grab a hold of the board you can make it grab a hold of the church you can make it grab a hold of your pastor can I be real frank with you some of us need help. And all of you that wasn't clapping, if you was honest with yourself, you needed help too. Can you imagine feeling like life was almost gone? There was absolutely nothing left itself. I'm going to drift with the waves. Brother Lee, come help me. I'll split my Visa gift card with you. You're not getting anything else. He's going to come after my check one time today already. He got up here preaching. Can you imagine? Flailing and lost. Accepting the fact I'll never, I'll never make it back to my family. I'll never see life any better. And all of a sudden somebody would go, here, take a board. I'm just going to tell you today, when you're about to die, there's nothing like somebody coming over to you and saying, here's something to help you live. What do you say today? Is you better thank God for a pastor that would preach to you and say, you can make it. You can overcome. You can be delivered. What do you say today? You're not going to die. You're going to live. God sent me to let you know today, you don't have to drown in sin. You can grab a hold and live. You can be delivered. You can overcome. You can be set free. You just got to grab a hold of the church. Come on, you ought to clap your hands right now all over this place and give God praise. Aren't you thankful for hope today? Aren't you thankful for a board? You may be seated. I preach to you today that none of us can make it through life without Jesus. I don't know what people cling to when their life's falling apart and cancer's hitting their family. They lose their job. I don't know how they make it because the only thing I know how to do, Pastor Buford, when things happen in my life is find an altar. 
The only thing I know how to do, I I can't talk my way out of it. I can't post on Facebook enough about it. I can't call my friends about it. I can't listen to it. You can listen to all the motivational speeches and podcasts you want to listen to. But when you're about to die, you need somebody to give you something. I don't need. Let me just help somebody right now. Suicide is not your answer. That ain't the way out. That ain't the way out. You need to grab a hold of something. You need to quit. I rebuke that thought. I rebuke that. Tell you what I feel. Hell knows what you can become. That's why he's trying his best to get you to let go and drift away. I preach to you right now that There is a way out. It was people in the Bible. But throughout the word of God, you could find that was in desperate situations. Let me just ask you a question. I was reading through this study and for this message. How would you like for your life to be put on display like all these people's lives? How would you like to have been David? Yeah, let's leave the chapter in about Goliath and is there not a cause and how I kill a lion and the bear. But when you get on down through the, when I'm king, why don't you cut some of that out? If you could write your own book, what would you put in it? What are you saying? Is I believe with all my heart that God allowed every word to be wrote in this Bible. They're good and they're bad. Because he wanted you to know that God can use imperfect people. There was not one person in the Word of God that God used mightily that somewhere didn't fall on their face. What are you saying is failure's not final for you. You just got to grab a hold of some. You are anointed. You are called. You are chosen. You are set apart. It don't matter what your family said. It don't matter what the court says. It don't matter what the, you can make it. You just got to say failure is not my fault. The only way you lose is when you stop getting back up. You are an overcomer. So all throughout the word of God, there was people that needed a board. There was a lady that was to be made, bond, that was to be made bondsman with her sons. But, she, the, but the prophet would tell her, go and borrow from your neighbors. Because all she needed was a board of help. There was a lady in the Bible that was caught in the very act of adultery. Because all she needed when Jesus got to her, though, was a board of mercy. Peter denied him. And cursed him, but God still forgave him because all he needed was a board of forgiveness. And he still preached the day of Pentecost. Naaman was about to die with leprosy, but there was a prophet that gave him a board of healing. Noah found grace in the eyes of God because all he needed was a board to build a boat. Some on boards. If you go down... You even start at the beginning of your Bible. In Genesis 1 and 27, the Bible says it like this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. 
And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree. And then when you go to the New Testament, when he comes to this earth and he robes himself in flesh, you want to know what he chose to save the world on? He chose a board. What are you saying today? It's because whether or not we're honest with ourselves, everybody needs Calvary in their life. I'm going to tell you today, there's been times that if it had not been for Calvary, I would already be in hell. There, there was times in my life that, that I was so close to suicide, I didn't know what to do. There, there was moments in my marriage where divorce was looming at the edge and everything was falling apart. But thank God for Calvary. Thank God for a board. Thank God for something I could grab a hold to and make it. Come on, somebody, I came to preach to you. You need a board in your life. You need a cross in your life. He died for you. He resurrected so you can say, I can I can live. I can live. I can grab the cross. Let the old man die. But I can't come up alive again. We need a fresh revelation of what a board can do in your life. Before you get mad at your brother, you can think about the board. He was rejected. He was, he was mistreated. But at the end of the day, he said, I'm going to take it to the board. He looked down into 2023 and he seen Blaine's faults and he seen Blaine's failures and he seen Blaine's shortcomings and he seen. He let him drive his arms and put his arms in place and take the hammer and drive it to the wood because he said there's coming a day somebody, somebody is going to need a board. Can I just help somebody right now? If you've given up on life, if you've given up on your future, if you've given up on God ever, let me just tell you today, if you grab a hold of Calvary, if you'll grab a hold of Calvary, he'll change your world. The blood of Jesus is stronger than any sin you've committed. The blood of Jesus is stronger than any, any failure in your life. It's bigger than any sickness. It's bigger than cancer. It's bigger than diabetes. It's bigger than a brain tumor. It'll work today. I said Calvary will work today. What did the old elders used to sing? I plead the blood. I plead the blood because they knew the blood works. They knew the cross works. They knew if I could get it to the cross. Musicians, come help me, please. If your pastor preaches something different, he's right, I'm wrong, but I, I don't feel like we're off on this together. But there's been times I've had to come back to the cross. 
Yes, I got the Holy Ghost at eight years old. I was born and raised in this thing, cutting my teeth. I, Pastor Buford, I was one of them kids that counted the bobby pins. Laying underneath the seat, you see the bobby pins start flying. You knew as a little boy, duck for cover. When that one sister started screaming, that hair was going, the bobby pins were flying, the heels was moving. Come on, we old time. <laughs> you know, but I think them elders had something. You know why? Because Pentecost is passion. Pentecost ain't pretty. And, and, and I, I was one of the ones, you know, you find the bubble gum underneath the pew, you, you get a few chews and you put it back because the next guy needs some sweetener too. You don't need a vaccine when you was raised where I was raised. It works, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but at eight years old, I initially took hold of this thing. But I can go back through my life, and I don't have the times, but I can go back through my life and find the moments where you're drowning in life. You gotta somehow grab a hold of this thing all over again. Grab a hold of the cross. And say, God, you forgave me once. Some people don't like this kind of preaching because it goes against, because judgmental attitudes go out the window with this. You forgave me once, God. You forgave me last week, but I failed again. And God, I need that board again. Good news for you. He didn't go to Calvary, so you only had one shot. Micah 7 and 8 says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. What are you saying? Is there, there's going to be more than one time. Shocker, I'm sorry. There's going to be some times in your life where you do the wrong thing, you say the wrong thing, you go the wrong place, you talk to the wrong person, you end up in a situation you never was supposed to be in in the first place, you never thought it would look that bad, you never thought it would go that far, you never thought it would happen like And at the end of it, you got to go back to Calvary and say, God, I need a board. Stand with me all over this place. I feel this so strong in the Holy Ghost that God is wanting to extend the board to you today. I don't know what you walked in here facing. Maybe, maybe you come out of obligation to a family member, maybe co-worker. I, I'm not sure why you're here today. It may be somebody, it may be a young person I'm talking to out of this church right now that, that you fell last week and you just can't seem to get a grip and you can't, and, you, and condemnation is setting in because you're wondering, is something wrong with me? Is something okay? Why, why can't I figure this out? Why can't I? Why, I've been to youth convention and I'm still battling maybe and, and I've went through it. Well, let me tell you something, church. The board's still there. Calvary is not going anywhere. Lift your hands all over this place right now. Come on, I come to stir up your soul today. You was ready to quit, but God said, here's a board. You was ready to say, this is my last church service. I don't know. There, here's a board. 
I don't know if there's revival for my family, for my kids. I, I don't. Here's a board. It'll work today. I'm telling you, it'll work. I wonder right now as the spirit of prayer has moved over this place and the spirit of God is flowing through this house. If there's a need in your body, why don't you walk to this front and lift up your hands? Come on, you ain't got to be shy today. Nobody's going to think bad of you. We all need help. We all need hope. Come on, it don't matter if you're a visitor or if you're a, or a home folk today. I encourage you to step out. Grab a hold to a board today. Grab a hold to Calvary. He died for you. He died for you and so you could be here today and lift up your hands and say I'm thankful for the board I'm thankful for Calvary come on that's it I'm thankful for those that's coming but I wonder if there's some more right now come on why don't you step out of your seat come on come on help me help me help me right now come on this is the most important moment of this whole service is altar service come on this is where your life can be changed this is where cancer is healed this is where tumors are gone come on God can do it right now right now right now right now I plead the blood Jesus over every situation over every circumstance over every sin. Come on, somebody, help me pray. Help me pray right now. Let God work. Let God move. If you're a minister in this place, I'll release you right now. Help me pray. Help me pray. God's going to do something in this house. Come on, there's hope. You're not going to die. You're going to make it. You're not going to drown. You're going to overcome. There's a testimony on the other side. There's a testimony on the other side. God can fix your marriage. He fixed mine. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come let God work, let God work, let God work. Come on, reach over and take a hold of somebody in your pew, in the front. Come on, pray with somebody. <laughs> 